0: Hello everyone, this is Tim, and as I promised you, I am here today, it's technically still Thursday, so I'm keeping my promise, let's get my camera rolling, hello everyone there, I'm podcasting and making a video at the same time, lighting is bad because it's late and you don't really support me that much, so this is the equipment that I have. So, hello. Today, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, what do I have written down? Saving our society. And I don't think this video is going to be as long as you think. Because it's really very simple. When when a society is so broken down like ours is, it becomes easier to actually save. Um, it's It's easier to build on a lot sometimes than to try to renovate uh, a rotted out building. Um, So the first thing you have to do is admit that the place has collapsed. Almost every institution that I go to barely works or works in such a way it really doesn't produce anything. People are showing up, they're clocking in, they're doing work, they're expending energy, but the institutions that they're in and the situation that they're in is not producing much or some are producing nothing. Some of them are producing more stress and aggravation and um, killing people, right? uh, I, I'm pretty sure hospitals are killing more people than they're healing at this point. If not, the numbers are probably close. We were doing 350,000 a year before COVID. People are dying from COVID at the same rates as they've been dying the whole time. On top of that, you have shootings, mass shootings. Um, You have... Uh, car accidents which is a larger portion of deaths in the United States than I even realized they say that that's the leading killer um car accidents which is amazing you just never really stop to think about it because most people we know drive and they come home safe um but you see accidents all the time um So, you know, you you, you have to admit that the place is dead um, or like we used to say back in Brooklyn, dead and stinking. So you you do that. Then there are some simple policies that you can enact that would um, help people. First of all, we need people to be more thoughtful. I mean, the amount of thoughtlessness is down to the point where People can't even walk down the street properly. I expend more energy just walking to the store. It's amazing. And the savagery that you see on the street. People blowing their nose on the street. Not with tissue or anything. Just blowing their nose. People spitting. Just out. Whether you're coming down the street or not. And um, it's not even like... It's a disrespect thing. They see you coming and they spit. You'll be walking like I'll be walking and I may be four feet away and the guy spits that way. And I stop and go around the other way and they'll say, oh, sorry. They saw me coming, but they don't realize how savage that is until I react to say, no, that's disgusting. Then they say, oh, yeah, that's disgusting. So that's where we are. That's the kind of thoughtlessness that I'm talking about. That's the kind of savagery that we're um, living with. So what you can do is if you are government, local government, state government, federal government, have a website. You all have websites. Have a section on your websites where people can leave thoughts. It could be essays. It could be videos. It could be. Um, short things, just people doing something thoughtful, saying something thoughtful about anything, philosophy, art, music, literature, um, political science, right? You might get some ideas, right? And then you just pay them, pay them for leaving ideas. You can have parameters say that you have to make this amount of thing will have certain amount of points and if you're writing it has to be the length of this 500 to a thousand words but pay people and the thoughtful people will come to your site and you can pay them you must we must start rewarding um us the people in power you must start rewarding us um you've been punishing us and rewarding the mindlessness And now we're in a zombie situation and you can't even enjoy yourself because everybody's just insane. You've overdone it and you've overdone it because you haven't had really much of a resistance since the 1970s. You just haven't. And you've been running 50 plus plus years running mad with no resistance. So that would train people to be thoughtful. That would reward thoughtful people. You'd have more people trying to be thoughtful. Um, and that's one policy you can enact. You must enact um, a real healthcare system, not a medical system, a healthcare system where you care about people's health. You want them to be better. And you can even reward people, doctors and staff. Um, when the patients actually improve without medication, okay, um, because medication really doesn't improve it; it just dampens the, the the symptoms. So you should reward them when they actually, when people, when the patients actually improve. Everyone in the medical facility, whether that be a doctor's office, a clinic, or a hospital should get bonuses. Um, That would be how you would work it. United States is the only, I would say industrial country. I guess we still are. Um, But we have slipped down to developing nation status. I think two years ago, I, I remember a report saying that we are now a developing nation as far as our status goes. And they checked Education, poverty, they do all these things to create what makes a developing nation, what they used to call a third world nation, what makes a first world nation, what makes a second world nation. And we've slipped out of first world. And it shouldn't surprise you. I I told you, savagery. It's everywhere. Um, So you have the health care. The next thing you'd have to do is give a universal basic income. I don't care how you do it. And... um, People are in such bad shape. You probably would have to start at at least $1,400 um, a month. And if you want to kind of ease into it because you think it might be too much of a shock, you can give $1,400 every three months, but that's not really going to completely help. It's like stitching up a wound halfway. $1,400 a month is what you're going to need. To give people a floor Um, That's it You're also going to have to do Some kind of food distribution Either uh, And and I go to a lot of food pantries So either you're going to have to give people An automatic Everybody gets an automatic Box or bag of food I would say every week um, But at least every two weeks If you really want to just think that that might be too much, you can do once a month, but that's not really going to put a dent in it, into our suffering. Right. So and we waste tons of food, tens of tons. I remember one report said we waste 40 tons of food. I don't know. This was pre-COVID. I don't know if we still do. And this is people are really struggling and hurting. So people probably are not wasting as much as they used to. But we still do waste tons, I'm sure. Because I still see people eating out of the garbage. And some of the things they pull out of the garbage, is not completely eaten. (laughs) Excuse me. So, there's that. Um, So, we have food distribution. We have UBI. We have healthcare. We have rewarding, thoughtful people. Um... If you wanted to give people a bonus for improving their health, that would be nice. I know I've gained, I think I had lost a lot of weight. I think I gained some back. It's not good. It's all in my stomach area. But I know I'm going, I think a friend, a few friends of ours, we're going to do a raw food fast starting July 1st. So I'm sure I'll lose at least 20 to, 20 to 25 pounds. So that'll be cool. Um, so I, uh, I think that, yeah, you can reward people for improving their health the same way you reward people for being thoughtful. And this could be multifaceted. You can have governments do it. Corporations can start doing it. I mean, I don't know. Some corporations make their money off of, um, things that are unhealthy, but, You can have corporations giving back. Now, that doesn't mean everybody would take up the offers on some of these things. But you'd have people, you'd be encouraging people toward a direction, pushing us toward a direction, leading us out of the savagery. And I know you think that keeping us in a state of savagery gives you power, but you've got the power. The power and ruling elite in this country are so deeply entrenched even if you gave us half your wealth you would still have power there's no way cuz once you split it up between the rest of us we we wouldn't be able to even touch you some of these multi-billionaires make so much money they make more money in hours than in an hour than some people make in a year they make more in a day sometimes than some people make in their whole lifetime people die from working all their life and die in poverty. It's a lot of people who live like that. So, those are some of the things. The other thing you're gonna have to do, you you are you are going to, um, Or we must build new institutions. Right now, the only institution that really works is the military, and it's a problem, because anytime you just have to keep using the military for all. Your problems You're talking about a dictatorial state I mean we have Natural emergencies the military comes out If there's ever Um protest The military comes out The police are militarized Um Of course if there's crime The military Comes out Right now after After 9-11 they have um, military in the subway station in New York Penn Station. Um, I don't think I've ever seen them in Newark Penn Station, but the soldiers are in New York Penn Station. And they they used to watch over the homeless people at Penn Station. Um, it's a very weird thing to see. National Guard standing there with a row of homeless people sleeping on the ground. Now they shovel the homeless people out, out of there, but they still walk around there, but they're not allowed to just lay and sleep like they used to. Um but there's still National Guard there. Guarding um the people traveling um on the Amtrak at the Long Island Railroad goes through there and the regular subway. And there's stores down there in Penn Station. Nice place. They're even remodeling some of it. And so you can't have the national guard providing security. The national guard providing emergency services. The national guard. You can't have the military providing all of these things, and not expect this place to slip into a military dictatorship. Okay, so it's it's just it's going to happen. So, FEMA should handle emergencies. Okay. They should have the equipment, have the people, have the have the resources to handle emergencies. Um, and the military should fight in wars. That's another thing. You, we really don't need to fight these wars anymore. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. We're fighting in wars now just so we can build weaponry. There's no principle behind it. There's not even any really imperial. There's imperialism, but we're not doing it for that reason. We're everywhere. We're entrenched. We don't need to fight wars. But we're fighting them to sell more more um, military equipment. And that's in, that's just insane. It's insane. Cut the badge budget at least in half. I think they said we spend more in the military than the next 10 countries combined. That includes Russia and China. So what are we doing? What are we doing? So these are some of the things that we can do to save our society. Now, us... People in the community, on the ground, it's all up to us. And I know you feel tired, and I know you feel beaten, and I know you feel ground down, but we we must, must do our part. Because if we do our part, everything else will, will happen. I don't care how wealthy other people are. I don't care how powerful they are. There are way too many of us and way too few of them, even when you count their law enforcement and even when you really count their military. The U.S. military is only about between one to two million people active. And I guess on reserves, there's 300, There's 320 million people. I heard somebody say the other day it was 360 million people in this country. but There's at least 320 million people in this country. So, um, again, these are the things that we could do to save the society. Or you can let it slip into what they call barbarism. Or you can just wait around until climate change just knocks everybody to their knees and we're in like Mad Max mode in most of the country with pockets of domes or walled-off communities or bunkers that are functional. And I mean if you don't do something actively to change and make the society function and make it more sane and make it so that human beings can expand, it's going to slip into a real bad way. It's already there. It's already, you can look at it. You can look at it, the decay. You see it all around you. Some people don't like to pay attention to it, but you cannot um, ignore it anymore. And this doesn't matter where you live, cities, towns, it's just everything's deteriorating. And so um, I said, I'll do this and say, what can we do to save our society? And it doesn't matter who's in office, who's not in office, who's as far as that. um, It's something we all must do or perish. And I know if you have children, you don't want that. And I don't want that. I have young people in my family. I don't want that. The older people in my family, all right, we lived our lives. But I really, when I look at young people and what we stuck them with, it's really sad. Sometimes I apologize to young people that I know. um. So for us, not giving them much to work with. So that was today's podcast. I will talk to you on Saturday. I might do Saturday and Sunday, so we'll see. But I'll talk to you on Saturday with another podcast. If you want to support, you can give directly. You can sponsor, become a sponsor. Or you can um, hit the link. Hit the links and visit all my platforms. I appreciate you. Until next time, take care.